It's time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Friday. Happy Friday to you. Let's start with the Liberal leadership race here now, coming down to the wire, kind of a messy finish here. They're in court today. One of the party mm-hmm. members has gone to court, asked them to stop this leadership process, ask a judge to yep. step in because of the alleged fraudulent membership signups. A lot of the fingers being pointed at Kevin Falcon's mm-hmm. campaign. Do you think that has a chance? I mean, it's in court today, B.C. Supreme Court. I don't think I, it's going to I, I kind of doubt a judge would stop it at this point. Um, but again, it's just the latest example of when we get this one uh, member one vote sign up process every leadership race that has undergone this has been uh, courted controversy right back to when Gordon Campbell beat Gordon Wilson there was these allegations you had this with uh, in the NDP leadership with uh, Adrian Dix when he emerged victorious there was allegations of membership uh, uh, improprieties you had that with Christy Clark and now you got it, you had it with Andrew Wilkinson, and now you've got it with uh, in the in the current uh, race. I don't think a judge will stop it. Yeah. And again, I think it'll all play out. We should get the results tomorrow, probably just after six o'clock. And the conventional wisdom or betting is that Kevin Falcon is the guy to beat. Former cabinet minister seems to have he's got a lot of uh, caucus support. Has seems to have the most organized campaign. But there's another school of thought that because it's a preferential ballot, if he doesn't have strong support on the first ballot like 40%, does he stall? And does someone, because does he have much second and third choice support? His supporters tell me that they're fairly confident he's going to be able to pull this up, but that preferential ballot is you a tricky know. thing. You never know. You know, in in uh, 2018, there was no real huge front runner. Diane Watts, well, I think, was in first place. Right. She only had like 24%. And then she stalled after that first ballot. It's tough to go from 24% to 50%. Yeah. And, and uh, in, unless the circumstances are right. Andrew Wilkinson, I think, went from 18% to ultimately 52%. Yeah. Ended but up he, the winner. Upset. He, he had more second, third, fourth choice support than Diane Watts did, who was sort of an outsider to the party. Right. And judging by the other candidates uh, who seemed to be trying to throw Falcon under the bus. I don't think a lot of their supporters are going to mark Kevin Falcon as their second or third choice. Okay, Val Litwin, former former president of the BC Chamber of Commerce, running for the leadership, told me on the show this morning that if Falcon wins, he's out of here. He's quitting the Liberal Party. And do we have that clip, Tim, just coming in there? Yep. Okay, let me, let me go to a clip of uh, Val Litwin uh, talking about this earlier this morning with me and to get your thoughts. Here he is. If any other candidate wins, I'm in. I'm in. Kevin Falcon has said the exact opposite. If he doesn't get the crown, he's, he's not running as an MLA. So I am committed, but I, I appreciate and understand that what will get us over the line in 2024 is not going to be the old backroom deals, the old playbook, and the old way of doing politics. We need to open up. We need to be transparent. We need to be accountable. Okay, so he says if any other candidate wins other than Falcon, he's... <laughs> He'll stay in the Liberal Party. If Falcon wins, he's don't out. Under, don't understand that uh, strategy at this yeah. point to sort of say I'm I'm going home if uh, if someone wins. It's, it's, I've never heard of this before in a leadership race. Uh, it, it certainly it's a debate within the Liberal Party about the need to renew, the need to um, have a new a new approach, new faces, new more diversity and such. Uh, but same if Kevin Falcon wins, I'm quitting. It's just a it's a curious strategy. Well, I mean, where is he going to go? I mean, this is a guy who's a former Chamber of Commerce yeah. president. Presumably, he wants a a free enterprise government, as we call it, and get rid of the NDP. 
Well, if you just quit the Liberal Party, I mean, you're just sort of handing it to the NDP again, are you not? Like, well, where, where's yeah, he going to go? Who's he going to vote for? Exactly. Um, but Val Litwin was not going to win this thing anyways. It's really yeah. between Falcon, Alice Ross, and Michael Lee, as far as I can I can see. I just don't see the others having anywhere near the type of support that those caucus members would Okay, have. we'll see what happens tomorrow night. In Ottawa today, the truckers digging in, occupying the streets of Ottawa around Parliament Hill, and now you've got the police chief who earlier this week was throwing up his hands and saying, basically, I, I can't solve this. The police can't do anything. We, we need help. Now they've announced a new surge and contain strategy. So surge the number of police on the street, contain the truckers, put up barricades so more trucks don't come in to Ottawa. So here's what the police chief had to say about that this morning. Have a listen. Second part of the strategy will be an expansion of the hardening of the perimeter in the demonstration red zone. We will be further isolating and containing the demonstration in that red zone. The Ottawa Police Service will be utilizing concrete barriers, heavy equipment barricades to create no access roadways throughout the downtown core. This includes considerations around the closing of bridges, highway off-ramps, and other roadways. Somebody sure lit a fire under this guy's butt earlier this week. He was like, oh, I can't, I can't solve it. The the aptly name his his last name is slowly. Slowly, yeah. <laughs> Lots of Moving jokes very associated slowly. with that. Um, they're clearly worried about more people coming, more trucks, and more people coming into the capital on yeah. Saturday. So yeah. this is what this is all about. The the actual people are there now. This isn't going to apparently affect them. But it is a curious approach there. I've uh, noticed on social media yesterday, journalists posting photos of jerry cans and and gas containers yeah at the same time the national capital commission is saying oh we've gotten rid of all the gas containers there's nothing left and the journalists are saying what are you talking about there's a whole field full of this this stuff so the response of the local authorities has been pretty weak and and um and slow and now you're saying i think uh, the police responding to the criticism that's coming yeah. in a way that they just haven't been acting fast enough okay well, it's going to be interesting there's a, apparently a protest set for the BC legislature on Saturday. I saw some Victoria police uh, officers down here at the Capitol yesterday at the legislature, sort of scoping things out. Already mm -hmm. just picked up a report. Police have pulled over a trucker who was driving around the legislature honking his horn and, oh. and tying up traffic. He's been stopped. So... I expect the Victoria Police to have a bigger presence tomorrow than we saw last Saturday. Let me ask you about the politics of this because I th I find this fascinating. Where you know Trudeau has is refusing to meet with the with these truckers and being very critical of them, and the Conservatives then turning around and accusing Trudeau of exacerbating the things. So let me play a couple of clips here for you. So here's Trudeau talking about why he won't meet with the truckers. I have also chosen to not go anywhere near protests that have expressed hateful rhetoric violence towards fellow citizens, uh, and a disrespect, uh, not just of science, but of uh, the frontline health workers. Okay, so that's Trudeau. Now listen to Pierre Poliev, the Conservative MP, in response. Here's what Poliev says. This country, right now, is like a raw nerve, and the Prime Minister is jumping up and down on it again and again with his inflammatory record, rhetoric. And these are the very people, honest, hardworking, sure-off-your-back type of people that this Prime Minister keeps attacking. Okay, so what do you think of the strategy here? Like Trudeau saying, I'm, you know, being very aggressive in his criticism, and the Conservatives kind of siding with the, the truckers, basically. 
Yeah, well, the conservatives are siding with, it's interesting, we had an abacus poll out yesterday, we had innovative research poll out the day before, I think there's one other, that shows about 33%, the truckers are 32%, 31%. Support. Support, which actually... So it's about two to one, two to one against them, but still a significant third of Canadians supporting their goals. Yeah, that's not no one. Um, Yeah, right. That's that's still a big number. Um, And that mirrors the conservative vote in the last election, which was around, you know, 33, 34%. So Poliev is clearly talking to the conservative base. The tr- problem the conservatives have, though, the base isn't good enough for them to grow into go- government. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he's, he's solidifying his base, but he's not growing his base because, again, public is split to one. But, they're, you know, 33% of the public backing the truckers, that's not a small number. That's a lot of people. Okay, let's fit in uh, Bojo and Boris Johnson. We continue to follow that saga. So the latest on this now, he continues to face calls for his resignation as the Prime Minister of the United Kingdom over the Partygate scandal. And yesterday we saw four of his senior staffers actually up and mm-hmm. resign, quit on him. So here is um, Alicia Hazarika, who is a former UK political advisor and a former Labour Party government with her analysis. It is extraordinary to think of that many senior people all departing, you know, within hours of each other. And of course, this is pointing to a much bigger crisis for the government. You know, we were sort of told by people close to the prime minister, it was all fine after prime minister's questions. You know, he was absolutely fine out of the woods. It doesn't appear to be the situation. Okay, so she says this is getting dire for Johnson. Well, this was unexpected. So uh, the, the temperature seemed to be lowering a bit yeah. after he faced some questions in the House of Commons, and he didn't suddenly see those daily reports of more MPs wanting him to jump. Suddenly, four senior aides. I've never seen that before. It's a lot. Um, all at once, obviously, in a concerted effort. I wonder if any of them attended parties at 10 down the street. Who knows? And maybe that's one of Johnson's comebacks, that, that perhaps some of them were implicated in this as well. But that's an extraordinary development. And again, uh, af- after things seem to have cooled down a little bit, the heat's back up on Bojo. Okay. It's Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry is my guest. i got open phone lines right now. If you phone me right now, you're probably going to get through here. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. 604-280-9898. Star 9898. Toll free on your cell. Tony in Cloverdale. Hi, Tony. Hi. Um, yeah, I've been listening a bit. Anyways, I was on the phone this morning to a number I was given to place my non-confidence vote in this government, and I had to be online for over an hour, and uh, then she takes your comments, she records them, and I asked how many calls she's getting, and she says, we've been very busy this last week, basically since the convoy started, and they're getting thousands of calls in for people asking for a non-confidence vote for this. So who did, who did you government. phone? What, what did you uh, yeah. uh, it was a number, the Governor General's number. Oh. oh. Okay, so you you phoned the Governor General to tell them you have no confidence in the government. That's right. Okay, all right. Yeah. Well, and that's he, nice. Yeah, I'm not sure that's going to amount to anything. Well, I mean, that I'm, sounds I'm pretty like, sure it won't amount to anything. That sounds like the playbook out, out of the... Uh, out of the, the Canada Unity. Yeah, the, the Canada Unity group, which, is, which yeah. organized the, the trucker convoy, put out what they called a memorandum of understanding or it's like a, a manifesto, manifesto. It, it, sort of this long legalese that says they basically want to bring the government down they, they yep. wanted to replace the government with a committee yep. um, yeah um committee of public safety hmm. a public safety committee to to bring bring uh, uh, cancel all the vaccine mandates and the restrictions yeah. so this is what they this for, is this is the stated buy, goal for people to buy into uh 
reality here. You're not going to get the governor general to well, dismiss well, no. the governor. Yeah. This, is, this is absolutely fantasy. It's lunacy, yeah. as Brian Lilly, the um, Toronto Sun columnist, said. It was ab- absolute lunacy to go down this path. Yeah, no, it it really is. It's crazy. It's it's kind of crazy stuff. Now, here's the thing, though, like the politics of it. This is where it gets tricky because the conservatives are saying, as we heard of that clip from Pierre Poliev, Trudeau's ramping up the rhetoric. Why don't you extend an olive branch to these truckers? Why don't you meet with these truckers? And the answer to that from the liberals, you know, this is a group that wants to bring the government yeah, why down. Would you, why would you meet with them? This is, uh, this is, who are you going to meet with? Sheer, sheer lunacy. And I, I didn't know they actually had a, a campaign to phone the governor general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it sounds like people are doing that. Uh, Mike, Mike in New West. Hey, Mike, go ahead. Uh, Keith, I phoned you a week ago. Yeah, Tucker Carlson's a liar. <laughs> is this the same guy? I don't know. Go ahead, Mike. Yes, same guy. Is, okay, is this the same me, guy. Okay. To tell me one lie. Everything he says. Well, he said and that uh, 50,000 trucks were going to come to Ottawa. That was a lie. 1.3 million people. I think 1.4 million. That was a lie. Yeah. I mean, every time he opens his mouth, he was actually on a witness stand in a defamation suit last year in which he admitted on the stand that lying is part of his shtick. Yeah, That's they, how say, they say lying or you say exaggeration. Or yeah, whatever. whatever. So yeah. anyways, Mike, there's your answer. Okay. All right, Mike. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 in your cell. Mary on Vancouver Island. Hi, Mary. Go ahead. I haven't seen a lot of this, but typically on July 1st, that's when you see the Canada flags come out. And now um, a few in the neighborhood and community that I live in. I've seen a couple on trucks. Um, I, I've seen a couple on mailboxes and some big ones on the on verandas of houses. And I guess what I find so sad about this is that I don't know what it represents anymore. Like, I don't know if those are people that support um, sort of the bigotry and so on and those uh, Confederate uh, flags that we're flying and so on, mm-hmm. or if they represent me. And I just find it's very, very sad. Uh, um, and if you want to talk about folks who lost their freedom due to government, think about the Aboriginal children. Those kids and those families lost freedoms. Mm. Okay, thank you for the call. Well, yeah. I mean, they do. Fl- you point. know, the truckers will fly the Canadian flag, and if you if you talk to them about it, they would say it's a symbol of freedom, which is what they're well, fighting if ta- for. If you right? talk to some of them, yeah. not all of them, they've all seen pictures of the Canadian flag with swastikas on them, which were several in a, in evidence in Ottawa and a couple last week in in Victoria. So no, these truckers. There was a swastika not, on display uh, yeah. in Victoria. Yeah, swastika in a, in a uh, car driving around downtown Victoria on a Canadian flag. Hmm. Bill in Burnaby. Hey, Bill. Hey, guys. Uh, the trucker convoy. You're breaking up breaking real. Up you're breaking up real bad, Bill. He's in Ottawa, I feel. Oh, okay. He's on Ottawa. Uh, at the same time, though, you got to look at uh, Trudeau's response. I mean, antagonizing these people is not the way to go because they're not going to stop. Okay, mm-hmm. thank you for making that point, because we were just yeah. discussing whether Trudeau should be trying to lower the temperature here. He, it seems to be going the it other direction. Be, it might be wise for Trudeau just to sort of step, sort of stay in the background for a while, let yeah. this play out for a little bit, bit longer. It's going to be interesting right now. The focus seems to have shifted back to the Ottawa police with their response. It's amplified now, and we'll see how that plays out uh, tomorrow. I, if I was advising the Prime Minister, I'd say take a day off. 
stay, well, out, I, I stay think, off the cameras I for think a while. Trudeau actually likes the political optics of the conservative siding with the oh, truckers, no and question. that's why he's trying to crank up the rhetoric. No question the liberals are quite comfortable to see the conservatives align themselves with this movement because, yeah. again, um, the public is not there. Although, like I say, 32%, 33% is not an insignificant number of support. Keith, thanks for coming Have in. Have a great weekend. Uh, okay, same to you. Keith Baldry there. That's Baldry's Beat. Thanks a lot for all your calls.